The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Extra 1063 would like to welcome you home. This is the All Four Seasons Home Show with Jim Niarcos and Dan Watkins, only on Extra 1063 FM. Good morning and welcome to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Niarcos. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great today, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And, and I, Dan, I, I want to thank you for sponsoring the show, All Four Seasons Garage Entry Doors, making it possible to bring in the most reputable businesses, uh, the most uh, honored guests that are they're going to operate their companies with integrity and give good tips and advice. And, you know, it's a busy time. And a lot of people have labor shortages right now. So we really appreciate these owners of these businesses, these principals and these businesses coming in, taking the time to spend with us and, and give good information to our audience, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jim. I mean, you would think, oh, yeah, you know, anybody would want to just come on the radio anytime. And that used to be the case, no. but it is tough out there. It's it, They're it, busy. You, you're very busy. I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange situation, right? There's a ton of business and not a lot of workers to well, attain. Well, you know, here at the All Four Seasons Home Show, we always aim to target the best topics because we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot, and we want to load up with plenty of ammo of information so we don't steer people in the right direction, right? Uh, that's right, Jim, and I am all fired up for this one. <laughs> yes, you yes, you are. Well, folks, we have a, a, a gr- an exciting topic today. It's always in the news all the time, and we always think about it, and uh, it's a very controversial subject with some folks, but it's all about firearms, firearm ownership here in this country, um, should we have them? Should what kind should we be allowed? How much ammo? This and that. All the the minutia, and we always search far and wide to bring the best person we can and the subject matter expert to talk about a topic. And we're very proud to have with us today, Mr. Jim Hornsby of Main Street Gun and Range. Jim, welcome to the All Four Seasons Home Show, and thank you for your time. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, we're, we're, we're excited to hear what you have to say. And first of all, just so people may get a little familiar with you and your company, how about a little short bio about yourself, how you got into this industry, and how uh, Main Street Gun and Range came about? I've been a gun collector since the um, late 60s. I've always been fascinated. I was a competitive shooter when I was young and really got into that. Then, of course, you get out of college and you have to go to work. And so I spent a lot of years trying to make a dollar. And in 2001, my wife and I decided to retire, and she said, for once, do something you want to do. Well, I decided to start a gun business, and we've been in it now 21 years. Mm -hmm. We start off at gun shows, and 10 years ago, we decided to set up a gun store and gun range, and that's where we are now. And I will probably do it to the day they put me in the ground. So this is your passion. You turned your passion into a business. Absolutely a passion, and in some ways it's more successful than a lot of other businesses I've had. So, <laughs> Really? No kidding. Well, Dan, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Well, listen, and I, I do garage doors, and I can't say I have the passion for those garage doors <laughs> like you do with the guns. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, it pays the bills, of course, but that is what everybody's dream really should be, right? I mean, everybody thinks about being an, an owner in general. You know, they say, oh, wouldn't it be great to be an owner? Until they're in the owner's shoes, of course, and they realize how hard it is. But it, it, when it is your own, it, there is a love for it, even if it's garage doors, right? I mean, it, 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 there is a love, but to be able to put it with something that you truly do love 
you, you, you must feel blessed. Well, I am. Um, we were, we did a lot of different things. We um, had six retail bridal stores. I manufactured and designed bridal gowns, prom and pageant gowns. None of that I had a big serious. That's also in. a dangerous profession, isn't it, with these brides? Well, that's what gave me the idea of guns. <laughs> I just, you know, thought I was one of the shotguns. You know, start there and build up from there. There so. you go. Well, you know, guns have been a part of America since colonial days. Why does there seem to be a never-ending controversy about them, in your opinion, Jim? I don't know. It, it, it seems to be that the government, or the people in power in the government, in so many cases, have this attitude that, they, that we don't need guns. Mm-hmm. And what scares me, if you look at history, most totalitarian, totalitarian governments have always gone after the public's guns to, to begin with. Right. And I don't really understand why, uh, like the powers in, in power now, have this thing against guns. There are very few guns that are misused. And we do have a fair amount of homicides in this country, but not compared to all the other things that happen. And so it, it's, 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 I never have understood why it's such an anti-gun atmosphere at times. Well, you know, this, how, how do you feel that the founding fathers intended the second? The, what was their intent with the Second Amendment? Well, if you read the Federalist Papers, which is basically what they wrote in pulling their thoughts together, they wanted the public to be able to rise up and take back their government. They were scared that George Washington would become a king, and they didn't want to do that. And they did not want to end up in a European-type situation. They wanted to truly be by the people. Yeah, it's amazing how some things never change, right? I mean, oh yeah, (laughs) you know, we still don't. There's at least half of us don't want us to become. Europe again, right? I mean, we we could see where they have failed everywhere, and somehow half of this country wants to follow that lead and make us just as unsuccessful as them right, right now. And right. and it's really crazy. And I, I heard something, Jim. I probably shared this with you, and I can't remember who told me this. But if we didn't have guns in this country, we would have already turned socialist or communist, sure, right? Sure. I mean, you look at what's going on right now in Australia where they don't have guns and see what is happening to those people right now. And you should thank your lucky stars that we do. We are able to have guns and and people are here and they're able to defend themselves. Well, you know, I believe that part of the intent uh, of the uh, the founding fathers was to make sure that you're properly armed in case, like Jim already mentioned, uh, against a tyrannical government. Well, this government wants to say, well, you, you need to limit the amount of ammo you have. You can't have this kind of firearm. You can't have this kind of firearm. Well, if we're all sitting around here with BB guns and the government's got all these automatic weapons and everything, you might as well forget about defending yourself. In my opinion, based on the Second Amendment, you ought to be able to own whatever kind of firearm you want. And I also am against registering it because if you register your firearm, they can just come in your door and get it whenever they want if there's a... a an uprising, right? By very uh, much so. Jim, jump very in so. here. Go ahead. Well, one thing I'm very concerned about that's talked about a lot, and that is the attitude that if you decide to sell a gun, they want you to take it to a gun shop and run it through a gun shop to take to the next person. Now, I own a gun shop. I can make a lot of revenue doing that, but it's very bad for our country because what that is is gun registration. Once I put it on my books, the next person comes get it. Let's say it's your brother, or your cousin, your father, then they have a record of who has that gun. So in one generation, they don't know where every gun in the country is. That's right. That's, and that's dangerous. scary. You better believe it. Right, Dan? Yeah, you know, the other thing, too, and I, you know, I hear this all the time, and you may, you guys may may not agree with me, but, you know, people go, oh, come to my house and see if you get this gun out of my hand. 
You know, it's real easy to say that till some FBI agents walk up to your house and you're, are you going to pull the gun out and shoot him and go right to jail and, and, and risk that or risk getting killed or getting your family killed? You know, it's real easy to talk that way. But, you know, the reality is here, if something like that well, took place. We have history on that. Look at Germany, beginning of World War II. They confiscated. First thing that Hitler passed through the Reichstag was there was no need for the public to have firearms in a civilized society. Look at all totalitarian governments. They've all wanted to take the guns up, and they guise it under public safety and public needs. They just wanted to get the guns out where people couldn't fight back. Right, yeah. exactly. Now, gun laws have changed and continue to be modified, Jim. What do you think has been? What, what do you think have been constructive changes, if any, and which have been a mistake? Well, that's a very difficult question. Um, I believe, of course, we should have background checks. I think that helps because there are an awful lot of criminals that want guns. They're going to get them anyway, but let's make them work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's 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 really difficult to decide what is and it. Main thing is is that if you work and you earn the money, you ought to be able to purchase whatever you want. Right. This attitude that they want to eliminate so-called assault rifles. Right. As, you know, an assault rifle is an AK, or an AR, and then it starts going. Well, what really is an assault rifle? And they get down. Well, maybe just one shot. I mean, you know. Why? Why should I not have an assault rifle if I want an assault rifle? Or an automatic weapon. Exactly. And, of course, those are very highly regulated. Um, and you can buy. I can sell you a machine gun tomorrow. But you're going to pay for an, for an AR probably about twenty to 25000 For an AK, about seventeen to 20000 Because they limit the number on the market. It's just whatever was available at the time the law went into effect. They know what they're doing. Exactly. And so who can afford to buy those? What about ammo? What they've done with the price of ammo? Well, that's not, I don't know. I can't really give that to the government. I think that's a situation where what you had going on was the ammunition ammunition manufacturers went full production. They had a certain amount of equipment that cost money, and they wanted that equipment to work all the time for them. And that's fine. It shuffles out. Everybody's happy. When you have a gigantic spike in them and, and, demand, they can't produce enough extra to cover that demand. And in our case, in most gun shops' cases, we were paying three, three and a half times more for a box of nine millimeter than we were before before all this nonsense about defund the police took place. And so we had to pass that on to our customers. That's something I think will settle back. That really, I don't think, was government organized. That was just a marketplace um, mm-hmm. that we have created for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, on the background checks, too, the other thing I, you know, when you when you talk about uh, uh, background checks and, and criminals, I also think there's another point. I'm curious what you think about this, but you know, most of the people getting killed, it's not from these assault rifles or okay. whatever they're doing, right? Look at it, suicides, right? I mean, let's maybe that can help. Maybe we can find some mental health issues and not put that in somebody's hands. Or the other thing I think about is with the crimes of passion, right? You, you, your wife cheated on you, whatever it is, and you just run right out and grab that gun and you go shoot her. But if you had to wait maybe a week or two weeks, Maybe you'd come to your senses. Maybe you'd cool down, and maybe that shooting wouldn't take place. I don't know. I think that if you look at the statistics, on average, about two-thirds of deaths by, hum, by, by firearm a year are suicides. Now, they won't tell you that when they're spouting out their statistics. They'll say, oh, 33,000 people are slaughtered with guns on average every year. Well, that's 33,000 people died, but over 20,000 of them were suicides. You can't stop that. They don't have that. They'll take pills. They'll take the car and drive it into another car or whatever. So you can't solve that. That's a, a real dilemma. Um, mental health. You know, there is no mental health reporting system out there. So if someone comes in our store and they lie on their form for the government, the 4473, and say that they have never been 
administrated to health clinic or mental health clinic. We don't know that. So they don't even run that through. So no. you're saying when they so put that no through. there's no database on people that are mentally ill. Um, but well, if you look too, though, look back at the people that have been mentally ill, and most of them that do these mass murders, all of them have been mentally ill. They find a gun somewhere. They go to granddaddy's house and steal it. They go down the street and steal it. If they want a gun, black they mom and dad, black black market, um, and black market, sure. Let's pick that back up, Jim. Yeah, I know we absolutely. got to go to break here. Yeah, we got to go to second. break here in just a few seconds. But uh, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Niarcos, and we have Jim Hornsby here from Main Street Gun and Range, talking about all things to do with guns. You do not want to miss the next segment because I can tell that Jim is just waiting to talk. We'll be right back. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. This is the All Four Seasons Home Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Niarchus. I want to remind you to check out our podcasts out on Apple, Google, and Spotify. You can also access past shows on the Extra 106.3 website all year long. And we also want to tell you, please download the Extra 106.3 app on your smartphone. You can listen live to the station anytime you want. But, Dan... How are you feeling about this show? I love this show. You know what I mean? Really. <laughs> Listen, I do too. And I, you know, I'm dying for one other thing. I kind of wanted to jump in. We ran out of time there. But, okay, here you go. Go ahead, Dan. But, but we were talking about the assault weapons and, and you know, whatever they call them, whatever the, the liberals are calling it nowadays, right? These, uh, you know, uh, weapons please, please, of mass murder, Dan, whatever they want to call them. Dan, please tone it down because I'm offended by that kind of language. <laughs> but, well, you know, it, it, what's interesting, the stat that I heard, and I, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but it was like 40 or 50 or 80 people get killed a year with assault weapons. And there's like 2,000 people that are murdered by knives in this country. Or but hammers. You, but you don't hear, you don't, yeah, you don't hear the knives or, or assault weapons in their, in their, in their wep, you know, weapons of, of, of mass Stra- destruction. Strangulation. Right. But, but, but if somehow the assault weapons are, and maybe that takes us back to our, hey, why the, why the, the government's afraid and they want to take those away is it, you know, for, for if, if we ever need to come back on them. So anyways, Jim, talk a little bit about what you think with this and um, the, the assault weapons and the knives. And we talked a little bit, at, at, you know, in between on the break about this. Sure. Well, one thing I found very interesting, uh, my daughter had an opportunity to spend a year in England. And um, in England, of course, they've banned most guns. I was surprised when I told her she could buy some flatware and she said she couldn't. She was 19 years old. You have to be 21 to buy a, a fork and knife. And I just couldn't believe this. You go to the department store, big stickers, must be 21. You have to prove you're 21 years of age to buy a butter knife in England. And, of course, <laughs> you know, 
statistically speaking, there are more murders per capita in London than there are in New York. And over 90% of those are by knife. That's bloody ridiculous, Dan. <laughs> well, it's I, I, if you really want to look at a lot of statistical data on the murders all over this world, you'll find. And, and we know crime has really come up here and, and, you know, since the defund the police and all that kind of stuff started. But we're still much lower than almost every country in the world. And we're one of the few. Right. That are allowed to 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 own guns. Right. In this country. Yes, And actually um, what we call green card holders, permanent resident aliens, they can buy guns. Only country in the world that I know of that a non-citizen can buy and possess and carry a gun. So, you know, we're, we're, we're very in some ways we're very open. That's um, that's uh, that's um, it doesn't make any hey, sense. Yeah. You know what? We're also the only country that just lets people just storm in through our, <laughs> our Mexican border too, and, and encourages them, and then and then disperses them all over the country. Jim, did you know that? Cost free. <laughs> yeah, right. and, then, and then we pay for everything on right, top of it. Right, right. What a country! You, you mean these people aren't getting already getting checked for COVID or other diseases? That that, that doesn't matter. We just oh, let them oh, come straight okay. in. So yeah, we've got a lot of all things. Right. We're the only country that does. God bless America. That's all I can say. I love, hey, hey, I love what Paul Harvey said in one of his sermons many years ago. He said, if God doesn't do something to punish America pretty soon, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> anyway, Jim, um, you know, we were talking about uh, during the break, the mentally ill, the checks for people that might have emotional issues or, you know, uh, P- PTSD or whatever. Right, Dan? What the... Yeah, listen. I mean, I just thought that 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 surprised me. We get surprised sometimes. We learn a lot of things when right. we well we do this show. But I did not know that on a background check they could not tie into, you know, basically they they couldn't actually do a check to see if these people were mentally ill. And you know, to me that seems like a great place for the country to start if you want to prevent you know certain deaths and it, and it goes beyond guns, right? I mean, if 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 you could get a handle on the mentally ill. Um, you could definitely save some lives. So it seems like that would be a better place to start than trying to get rid of people's guns. Sure, very much so. I, I, um, taking the guns out of law-abiding citizens just means the criminals have the guns. That's right. That's right, absolutely. And, it, and that prevents crime, right? I mean, I used to say for years living here, you know, out in the suburbs, you get out in the suburbs and you're in Marietta, you're in Kennesaw or whatever. And in the areas I lived in, you didn't even have to lock your door. And, and you would, I always said, you'd have to be on drugs to come and break into a house in one of these areas because you knew how many people had the gun. So that's what prevents the crime is that the people know that somebody might have a gun and they might shoot them if they come in the house. Well, you know, I had an office in New York for many years, a lot of friends up there. And a big problem they had up there were home invasions. People would come in, kick in their door, take whatever they wanted, put you on the floor, and just rob you. You know, you don't have that in the South. You almost never have a home invasion. If you see home invasion on TV, if you listen closely, it's almost always druggy on druggy, a criminal on criminal. Because down here, you kick in a door, you're liable to have somebody with a gun on the other side. So guns do prevent a lot of crime, um, especially when it comes to, like, home invasion-type situations. So it's, 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 um, there's more value to them than most people think. Well, what are, what are what, what have you found are the guns that seem to be the most desired by the general public? What's what's what are the trends now? Right now, it's a it's a really unique trend. The defund the police situation um, really gave a lot of what I consider to be anti-gun people the sense that they needed a gun. Um, when that all started, I I was actually staying at home because of COVID, 
and the shop would forward the phones to me, and I would get phone call after phone call. You have guns. We had more guns than anybody else, so we had a lot of extra guns. So sure we do. And they'd come in with this, well, I don't believe in guns. don't believe you ought to have guns. I thought, oh, here we go again. But I think I need one. I said, well, come on down. That's talking out of both sides of your oh, mouth. Well, they, they were. I mean, but the problem was people that didn't believe in guns all at once found they needed, they thought they needed one. Is that similar to our politicians that have armed guards? Exactly. And, and live behind walls, but say we shouldn't have walls and we shouldn't have guns? That's right. Okay, or, just checking, Jim. Or, or, or a politician that says, if you want to protect your home, take your shotgun and shoot it off your balcony. And that will scare all the criminals away. All Remember right. that one? Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, Jim, I will tell you, I was one of those people. I wasn't anti-gun. I was always for guns. But it just wasn't something that I had an interest in. And, and I thought, man, I want I want to make sure people have guns for the same reason. Because I can't leave my door even unlocked. Because nobody's coming in here to break in. Because they know a lot of my neighbors have the guns. But I'll tell you what, that I changed. This changed me, too. And I became a, I became a gun owner. Um you know, about a year and a half ago, because I was, I've just never been this scared living in this country and what might happen to us. Well, I've got two very close friends that live in gated communities, and they always felt that they were protected in their gated community. And we had discussed and argued that over the years of, you know, fun banner back and forth. Well, when part of that group broke into a gated community, and Annette was standing on his front porch with an AK, which with AR, that was wrong, and his wife was out there with a pistol. But they got these people thinking that, my gosh, they can just come right through our community. Both of them came in and bought one, bought two guns, one bought three guns. And one of them shoots every week. He's, he's decided to be proficient with it. And by gosh, his neighborhood's not as, as safe as he thought it was. Wow. So people, you know, people will find a need to want a gun if they start feeling threatened. But if you wait till the threat comes to your door, then it's too late. Well, Jim, I heard that one of the the, the biggest increases as far as demographics for gun uh, purchasing at firearms is women. A lot of women are deciding to buy guns now, right, that never did before. Yeah, I may, it may be a little hard for me to gauge that because we purposely made our gun our store very lady-friendly. Mm-hmm. There are no mean banners up, no mean signs. Uh, we're very lady-friendly, and we cater to that. But yes, I think a lot of women are wanting to, to purchase a firearm. Our training classes stay booked a month in advance, and most of it's women wanting to be taught how to use their gun. Hey, that's a great thing. You shouldn't have a gun if you don't know how to use it. And I will say, if, if you have no concept on what to do with a gun, then you shouldn't have one. Uh, but get, go out and get the training. Get the training somewhere and know how to use it if you need it. Yeah, the problem is nobody wants to waste their ammo right now because they might not have any more. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. And the ammo situation is getting much better. Um, it's not back to where it was by any means. But you can get a box of 9 millimeter. You just pay a little extra for it. Yeah, you know? no, no Just the plank, right? Uh, well, thinking gets more expensive. Go to a twenty-two. You know. Well, listen, you know, another thing, I mean, there's – I want you to talk about Jim is there are different guns for different reasons, right? I mean, and you got to think about what you want, right? If you're guarding your home, if you're shot off shotgun, if you're hunting, right? I mean, if you're, that gives you some federal time there. Shot off shotgun. <laughs> that, that's uh, you know, again, people are hunting, people are uh, trying to protect themselves. Sometimes, or people are out out on the street, and they want they need a gun for their car let's say or their office or whatever um just talk about what are some good you know good guns to look at in those scenarios well one thing i would suggest don't buy an ak or an ar for home protection the problem with that is if you have to engage a bad guy and you shoot it those calibers have the ability to go through multiple walls and it might kill your neighbor so home defense gets you a good 12 gauge shotgun if that's a little bit too much for you to handle maybe a 16 gauge um or a handgun and Learn how to use it. 
Um, don't get bold. Don't let a gun make you bolder than you should be. Mm-hmm. If you feel like somebody's breaking in your home, hunker down, have your gun, protect your family, and call the police. Let them handle it. And if people come into your area, then you have to engage them. But don't just go out looking for an engagement with a bad guy. Yeah, I think that's a, a big part of this, too. Don't try to be a macho man because, you know, the second you you pull that gun, right? I mean, if that person's in that house and they've got a gun, too, they're going to they're gonna fire back. Exactly. And if you don't exactly. hit, you, you could be in trouble. Exactly. Well, educate our audience here, Jim, as far as, like, let's say somebody tries to break in their home. What are the laws? How, what, what are they allowed to do to defend themselves? Well, gosh, I'm not a walk, lawyer. Walk so, us through so it. So I really don't want to give you the law. But um, I think the main thing is, one, to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And that plan would be different if you're a single person living in a home, husband, wife, or husband, wife, and children. Have your children know what to do. Um, have your gun in immediate access where you can get to it loaded. Now, that means maybe lock it in a safe that you can open very easily with, your, with just with some taps of your finger. Um, but be prepared. Don't, don't, when it happens, don't then start trying to prepare what you're going to do. Teach your children that if uh, certain things happen, alarm goes off, you come directly to us. You don't want to be fishing around your house trying to find your kids, or you don't want your kids going down and see why the alarm went off. So, so have a big, serious home plan on what to do. And, and home invasions are not that common here in, in, in the South, especially, um, but you do want to be prepared. But like burglary, somebody might be breaking in the house at night to rob, not, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. W- what is the law as far as, you know, somebody crosses your threshold into your home? Are you allowed well, to we, shoot them or what? What We have a castle doctrine here now in Georgia, which uh, means that you have a right to protect your property in, in, in your family. Um, but you don't want to get in a firefight with somebody. Um, you may not come out on the positive side of that. So, yes, if you have to engage, engage. Shoot. You know, let the lawyers and, and the judges figure it out. Yeah. Protect your family, protect your life. And right. Go from there. Stand your ground. Stand your ground, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, be judged by a, a, a group of 12, right, instead of carried out by a group of six. That's it. <laughs> what advice can you give to first-time gun owners? Somebody who's, you know, wants to buy a gun, but they're apprehensive. What, 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 what put, putting, it, putting it in a nutshell, what would you tell them? First of all, you need to determine what your need is. Um, do you need it strictly for home defense? Do you want a gun that you can carry with you all the time? Those are two different weapons. Um, you also need to have an understanding where things might happen. Statistically, you're about nine times more likely to be attacked away from your home than in your home. So if you're really trying to protect yourself, you need to get a concealed carry permit and start carrying a gun. That way you have that's the way you have the most likelihood to, to, to be assaulted. Um, and also get educated have someone teach you how to shoot. And I don't mean Billy Bob who shot out on the farm. You need somebody that can teach you the proper handling of a firearm, proper use of a firearm. And you need to practice because in a push and shove situation, when they're breaking in your back door, climbing through a window, you may not remember that one lesson you had two years earlier on what to do. So practice, practice, practice. You know, the other thing, correct me if I'm wrong. I I know you, you get the, um, the carry permit, but can you carry a, a gun in your car without a concealed? My understanding is you can carry a gun anywhere in your car loaded that you want. It's an extension of your home. But you can't walk out and go into uh, a, a hardware store or a department store uh, outside of your car. Now, the problem is you're not going to be attacked in your car. You're going to be attacked in that parking lot. They don't attack you inside the grocery store, inside the hardware store. They attack you going and coming back and forth. So you really need to have a firearm on you that you can get to quickly that, that, um, and be very situation aware. 
first thing we teach people in our training classes is, one, try never to put yourself in a situation where you need a gun. Do everything you can to avoid that. Don't go in a neighborhood you wouldn't have gone in without a gun. Um, be very situation aware of what's in, in your zone. So if you get out of your car, look around. Make sure there's not some guy kneeling down behind a car across from you. Uh, look around on the edges of walls. Be careful about elevators. Just be very cognizant of what's in your area. If you see some guy that looks real fishy, stare at him. Stare him down. If he knows that you know he's there, he's much less likely to come after you than if he thinks he can sneak up behind you. Very important. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've I've always kind of done that. Is is when you feel like you you got somebody, somebody's not there. You know, you you're leaving your house, right? Somebody's sitting in a car, right? I always try to go real slow and look, look right at them so they know, hey, I've looked at you, I got a good look at you. And then if you were gonna break in my home or something like that, you you know, you're less likely to do so. it. I get the impression that you're you endorse the conceal and carry. Uh, laws right oh very much so okay very much so. how does that work let's say that that dan and i we, we don't have that permit how what's it take to get it how difficult is it what does it cost well it's it's a right to carry so you can only be disqualified at one time you had to you had to be qualified that meant the sheriff or a judge had to give you permission but now in this state you have the right to carry a gun um you would have had to have done something to disqualify you from that so you go to your county courthouse, and each courthouse is a little bit different. I live in Gwinnett. Gwinnett's fantastic. You go into the courthouse. You go down to the uh, little sign that says carry permits. You fill out their form, pay them their little fee. They take your picture right there and take your fingerprints right there. They do their detailed background check, and it comes in the mail normally in about four weeks. Lagging a little bit now because of COVID. COVID's affected a lot of things. Some counties, they send you off to a police station to get your fingerprints done. So it's different in each, each county, but it's three things you have to do. Fill out the form pay, and pay the fee, get your fingerprint cards done, and get a picture taken. Do you have the forms in your store? No, it's done at the county level. Okay. It's all done in each county courthouse, um, and that's where you go in your county. You can't If you live in Fulton County, you can't get one in Gwinnett How about county. Cobb? What's Cobb like? I'm not that familiar with Cobb, and, and they changed. So I hate to say what it's like, okay. but I know Fulton County and DeKalb County is a little bit tougher. Um, they, for some reason, make it a little bit harder to do. But um, unless you have a criminal background or one of the things that disqualifies you, like being dishonored to be discharged from the military or, or domestic violence charges, um, you can get it. Uh, you know, that's all there is to it. Well, listen, one thing that we want to talk to you, you know, guns can be fun. Guns are, are, are needed. You know, there's a lot of, of, of reasons to own a gun. But, but one of the big things people really need to think about is gun safety. I've always been very scared of you know, the kids getting their hands on a gun. Um, I had a, in middle school, I had a, I had a, uh, one of my classmates that was, was shot by another one, you know, just even had an, an old, if I remember almost like a, almost a civil war gun, something really old, didn't even think it could shoot basically. And he shot him in the head by accident and killed him. And it's stuck with me for a long time in my life. What are some of the things people really need to think hard about when they're when they're buying guns as far as gun safety goes? Well, you remember that a gun is just a tool like any other, like your automobile. You can kill people with your car, but you've got to treat them with respect. Um, if you have children in your home or you expect to have children coming in and out of your home, secure your guns. Um, you want to secure them in a way that you can get to them quickly if you need it, but secure it away from those children. If you have children, I have one daughter, and from the time she could almost talk, I started teaching her gun safety and the fact that you didn't touch a gun and, and you didn't handle a gun without my permission. And that's the way I was taught. Um, so it's education, 
make sure that you secure them where they can't get to them and play with them. And, um, um, and be careful yourself. You know, what people don't seem to understand is you always treat a gun as if it's loaded. I don't care if you showed me that it's unloaded. I looked at it and it's unloaded. I still have to treat that gun like it could be loaded because that's where a lot of mistakes come. People say, oh, I unloaded my gun. Well, they didn't. And that's where you have an accident. And uh, so accidents are a big part of, of um, injuries that people have. No, I think that's a great point, and that's one I don't hear often. You know, you hear about the safes and, you know, all the different things you need to do, but treating it like it's loaded all the time. Because, I mean, that's one thing to me where I just feel like even when somebody has a gun, whether it's not loaded or not, I mean, you you kind of kind of feel that, and you're you're a little bit concerned about it when, well, when people are kind of playing around with guns, and there's a lot of people that don't take that safety as seriously as they should. Much so. And we teach people, never point a gun at anything you're not willing to shoot. And we have people, especially in fights, that come into our store that will pick up a gun, and they'll breeze it right across us. And we'll very quickly correct them and say, you know, never point a gun. You just pointed a gun at me. Oh, no, I didn't. It's unloaded. No, you pointed a gun at me. Don't do it. Don't point, point a gun at anything that you don't mind putting a hole in. And once you get that attitude and you do that, then even if you have an accidental discharge, you're not going to hurt anybody. Um, fortunately, in my life, shooting millions of rounds, I've never had an accidental discharge. But it can happen. Um, a little lapse of, of, of a consciousness can, can make it happen. And so uh, just don't point at anything. That's, that's, and remember, never put your finger on the trigger. Your trigger, the gun, will, you know, modern guns today will not go off unless you pull the trigger. You can throw them off a stone mountain 10,000 times. It will not go off unless you pull the trigger. So you're the one that's going to set that gun off. You know, you brought up a point earlier, different types of gun, depending on what you want to do and how, you know, you need to have a gun on your person in that parking lot. Somebody might attack you. What type of, give, give me some, uh, some examples of what type of gun a person should purchase if they want to carry one on them to protect themselves in a parking lot or whatever. Well, it really depends on that particular individual. Um, a lot of women, I would suggest, carrying a Hamilus 38 revolver. Now, part of the problem is, is educating them on the fact that it's not what they see on TV. But um, it is the most dependable gun. It's one that they can shoot straight through a purse or straight through a coat pocket. So I've trained my wife. If she's in the grocery store getting ready to walk out to the car, put her purchases in her left hand, put her hand on her gun inside her bag. If someone grabs her, shoot right through your bag. Typically, they'll come up behind you. Just, I tell you, bend forward as far as you can and just start shooting beside your leg. If you hit them in the foot, thigh, knee, 38 hydroshock going in their leg, they're not going to want to play with you anymore. So the bag, I can't stop that. You don't want to have to get in a, in a if someone has you, you don't want to have to try to get to your gun and start trying to pull it out of a holster. They'll take it away from you. How about Dan or I, like a man? What about what? Oh, well, first of all, if you if you're not real familiar, I would carry a hammerless revolver in your pocket. There's special holsters made to make the gun sit up just right, or a small pistol, a subcompact or a compact. The trick with that is you never want the bad guy to know that you're carrying a gun. It should always be concealed. Right. These characters that go out and have a hip on a gun on the hip. Now I've got the right. Well, if I want them, and I know they got a gun on the hip, I'm going to come at them totally different than if I think they're of just a, an older person. So um, so if you're wearing a sports coat or a jacket or a suit, then fine. Some type of automatic pistol if you're familiar with it. Yeah. But you need to be really, really familiar with it and know how to clear it and make things happen with it right. if it jams. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also have to be a little bit careful, too. Um, 
I I know you would you would tell people you want to have it loaded because you get you, you got you got to have it loaded, loaded. for yeah. for um, when you need it. Sure. But you do need to be extremely careful with that because you you don't want to accidentally discharge that. Well, so it, that it, goes back to the gun safety. Yeah, it is. and if you don't put your finger on the trigger, it's not going to discharge. Right. You know. Now I, well, I shouldn't say that, but I carry a hammerless thirty eight revolver myself almost all the time. Um, when I'm wearing a sports coat or a suit or a jacket, I do carry a pistol. That's a larger caliber, more. Um, uh, more rounds, but your typical number of rounds shot in self-defense is one and a half. Yeah. So you don't need 17 rounds to protect yourself, yeah. but you want to be able to conceal it comfortably. I want to hold you right there. We're up against a break, but we're going to come back to that. Folks, you're listening to the All Four Seasons Home Show with Dan Watkins, your sponsor, and myself, Jim Nearkus, and we're here with Jim Hornsby of Main Street Gun and Range. Don't go away. We're going in our last segment. There's a lot of exciting information you need to hear. We'll be right back. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is the All Four Seasons Home Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the All Four Seasons Home Show with your sponsor, Dan Watkins. I'm Jim Nearkos. And it's been a great show. Um, we want to remind you that you can tune into the All Four Seasons Home Show every Saturday morning at 9 with a different topic and a different subject matter expert. This is the Atlanta's only conservative news talk station. And we are the home of Fox News Radio, which we're proud of and proud to be part of the Dickey Broadcasting Company. Right, Dan? It's nice. It's nice to, to deal with a uh, private company that isn't worried about what everybody else thinks, right? That's right. That's right. And speaking of being proud, we're proud to have Jim Hornsby here of Main Street Gun and Range, who's been so kind to give his time to inform us and our audience about uh, guns, purchasing guns, laws, and and just the whole culture and controversy about guns. And uh, Jim, it's been great to have you on here. We, we, Dan and I were talking during the break. We'd like to ask you about purchasing firearms. You know, a lot of people are selling guns as private owners to their friends or family or even strangers. Uh, they have gun shows where there's, I guess, private owners setting up booths and, of course, places, establishments like yourself that are gun shops. Do you have any comments as far as uh, where to purchase a gun and the pros and cons of said purchase? Sure. Well, you, you do have a right to buy it, purchase a gun from a friend or someone. Um, there's no law against that. You do want to make sure that the gun that you're purchasing is a legal gun. You want to make sure that it hasn't been stolen or has been used in a crime. Now, it's hard for you to figure that out. If you do purchase a gun that's been used in a crime and it ends up getting run by some agency, you could be in serious trouble. They want to know, you know, how did you get this gun? It was used in a bank robbery or whatever. So it's it's always better typically to buy them from, from someone that's going to do a federal background check and you have a tag back to that store. So if anything comes up, you can go, hey, I bought it from Main Street Guns and Range. They'll, the ATF or the police departments will come to us. We'll tell them where we purchased the gun from. 
So it takes you out of that problem of getting in trouble with buying a gun from a friend that was stolen somewhere. If you're selling a gun, you have an obligation to know that that person that you're selling it to meets the criteria to be able to own a gun. Can't be a felon. He can't be a. That's a um, good point. He can't be a um, disarmed, be discharged from the military. He can't have a, a adjudicated to a mental institution. All these things that you have to make sure of. So you you know you, you have a, a duty to do that. If you sell a gun to someone and he is a multi-time felon and he does something with that gun, it could come back to you too. So it's just not worth the effort. Talking about gun shows, all your major dealers at gun shows do the same paperwork we do, all the background checks and everything. There are a few small dealers there selling guns. They're not typically selling the guns that bad guys want on the street. It's more collectible type stuff, shotguns, hunting guns. Hunting. Yeah, yeah. not not much of the what we would consider street guns. Uh, but you do have a right to go to a gun show and buy one. But know that when you buy them from a dealer, they're going to do the same background check we do. Background check ensures that you're getting a gun that does not have a negative history on it. And that's important. It might not bite you in the next six months, but 10 years from now, it could come back to bite you. How about used, used firearm versus new firearm? Uh, used firearm is an excellent way to get a good value on a gun. Um, if you're buying a used gun, though, you want to buy it from somebody that's a reputable dealer or be knowledgeable enough that you can check the gun out to make sure it's in good shape. You know, a lot of people sell broken guns. We, we buy a lot of guns in our store, and we do a peripheral check when we first get it. But many times, we'll get broken guns. So I have to pay to have that gun fixed. Mm-hmm. So you want to be careful and make sure you got a gun that really functions. Well, listen, how do you um, – well, I shouldn't say how. It's, is there a market for, for gun repair, and is that something you deal with? Well, we do have a, a, a repair department. There used to be a lot of gunsmiths around. That day's gone. The gunsmiths used to be able to repair guns by going to a couple of parts companies in the country and buy the parts and fix them. What has happened there is is that the, the parts companies used to go to police departments and buy all their scrap guns, break them down, take all the parts out, and resell them. Well, most police departments now are destroying their guns. So there's no way to buy used guns on cheap to be able to cannibalize them to sell them to other stores. So most of your gunsmiths have retired or, or just out of way. And we're in a throwaway society. People typically... They have a gun and it doesn't work um, over a certain period of time. They just go buy another one. If you buy a quality gun, the major manufacturers, and there's about eight of them out there, in most cases, those manufacturers will fix that gun for many, many years down the road. Well, listen, I have another question. And, and, and you know, I heard you talk about how you taught your daughter from pretty much the time she could talk about gun safety. Um, and then you also heard me talk about where I, I really wasn't a gun owner until just recently. Well, I, I have a, a six and an eight year old and I was just curious if you could, you know, give some advice to me and, and the listeners about how do you teach that gun safety? What age is appropriate and, and, and what is appropriate at age, at each age to, to do with them? When, when should they start shooting? Well, I think it really depends on each child and, and their attitudes toward things. I know my father taught my brother and I gun safety from a very, very young age. He taught us that we could look at his guns, play with his guns anytime we wanted to, as long as he was there with us. So it took the, so we didn't want to sneak around and, and try to find his guns, because if we did, we'd be in serious trouble. But if I wanted to look at one, hey, Dad, can I look at so-and-so? He'd pull it out, we'd sit there together, he'd talk about it. And so it took the mystique out of it. It wasn't some secret thing that, that I couldn't look at. Secure your guns when your children are young. And I wouldn't suggest just separating the loaded magazine from the gun. Put it in some type of secured environment that you can get to it very quickly, but the children can't. That's very, very important. And uh, as they get older, teach them to shoot, take them to the range with you, get them excited about it. And and, uh, there's ways you can do little things that make it more exciting for them than just shooting at paper. 
but um, get them excited about it. And um, and and once you feel that you feel comfortable that they, they they respect the gun, they understand the gun. I think you'll feel much more comfortable. Yeah. And so, what do you? I mean, I know age is different with certain kids are more mature or whatever. But what what age do you think you take them shooting or or for the first time I, or what? I what started you, I started my daughter shooting and she was ten. Um, I took her to an outdoor range. And we shot at some regular paper targets, and you know she said, "Okay, Daddy, I've shot my gun. Can I go read my book?" <laughs> it broke my heart. I, you know, <laughs> come on. And so I went up to the skeet range and picked up some clay pigeons, brought those down, put them on the bank. Once she broke one of those up like a, a plate, oh, she got excited. <laughs> and so she was just breaking those clay pigeons up left and right, and that was fun. So you had to make it sort of interesting and entertaining for them. Um, and um, just shooting at a paper target may not get them excited enough. And also make sure that you never put a gun in anybody's hands that's not capable of handling it and feeling comfortable with it. Uh, we have a, a lot of people that walk in our store that bought a 45 ACP, and they've shot it, and it scared them so bad they wanted to get rid of it. You know, um, make, make a caliber-appropriate purchase that you can handle and enjoy. Jim, we're, we're down to one minute for the show. I know that during the break that you mentioned that you have a special offer for our All Four Seasons Home Show audience. Would you like to share that sure. now? Sure. Um, come in and see us. We'll give you one month's free range time. Just sign up for, for a range membership. We'll give you the first month free. If you don't like it, cancel it. You'll pay nothing. And um, um, and, and come in and try it. Try shooting. Try enjoying it. And um, so one month's on us, and then if you enjoy it, if you shoot more than twice a month, you, you, you're saving money. Main Street Gun and Range, Jim Hornsby. Jim, thank you very much for your, your knowledge and taking the time to, to help our audience make a good decision. Right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and we hope that you'll come back in the future. Look forward to it. Great, great. Dan, thank you. Dan Watkins, owner and founder of All Four Seasons Garage Doors for sponsoring the All Four Seasons Home Show. Thank you, David Dickey of Dickey Broadcasting Company for allowing us to be part of your family. And we're here every Saturday morning at 9. Don't forget to tune in, download the app, the Extra 106.3 app, and listen to all our shows. We'll be right back next week, same time, same channel, same bat station, Dan. Have a good week. All right. Nice job. Well, thank you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.